What up, everybody? It's your boy, MSW. That's Mr. Saved and Woke, also known as Juan Enrique Tusey. This is the first edition of Afterthoughts for Season 3. Today, I will be sharing my afterthoughts on the intro episode that we just did with Mr. Magnificent Miles. The show may sound a little different today. I'm not in my usual location, so bear with me. Um, But as usual, I'm going to go through a few points from that were that were brought up in the last episode and offer some clarity or more information. And some of you may have seen on the Instagram announcement that I called it Afterthoughts Plus because I'm also going to include uh, some more information about what's to come very soon this season. But for now, let's just hop right into it. So the first thing that I want to clarify, and this is actually one of the first things that I promised in the last episode to include today was the Greek term that I mentioned that means justice and righteousness. And it was used specifically to describe God's justice and God's righteousness. And I will do my best to pronounce this word. I do not speak Greek, but here it goes. Dikaios. Dikaios. And that's spelled D-I-K-A-I-O-S. And the reason that I brought it up, not just so I could mention some Greek term that I just learned about, but just to impress upon you how intrinsically connected God's justice and righteousness, God's justice and righteousness are. They're used in, well, the same word is used to describe them to show, and that just shows how inseparable the two concepts, the two aspects of God are. I feel like in a lot of saved but not necessarily woke spaces, the righteousness of God is talked about a lot and it should be, but that should not be to the exclusion of God's justice, which is often the case. And that's one of the main reasons why I want to start the podcast was to bring both of these or to bring this union to light and that's it next point um, I mentioned something called the 95 theses 95 thesis or 95 theses which because I and I specifically I was saying that the book that I'm currently reading um, woke church by Eric Mason is like the 95 thesis of saved and wokeness and what the original 95 Thesis was is a document that Martin Luther, who was a, I believe, um, I don't want to butcher the history, but he was a Catholic monk or priest who was reading the Bible and he was seeing some things that just didn't line up between Catholicism and what he was reading in the Bible and his 95 theses were 95 different questions that he that he had concerning various aspects of Catholicism and it's said that without that book that or without that those the, without the 95 thesis that the Protestant church or any sort of Protestant religion or theology would never have come about and so I think that this book woke church 
of course, it's not starting a movement, but in terms of explaining it and relating it in a very accessible way, it's just doing so beautifully. So I'm definitely going to have an episode where I talk about Saved and Woke or Woke Church in detail. But in the meantime, definitely, if you can get a your hands on a copy of that book yourself, it's not it's not big at all. The the shots or the promotional photos that I saw of it, it just seemed like a thick book. But it's very very it's it's accessible and it's also pretty short. Um, but that's that about the ninety five thesis. Next, Miles and I we talked about like this fine line that we walk as saved and woke people between grace and timidity or between boldness and brashness and we compared it to god calling us to be as wise as a serpent and gentle as a lamb and there was a point when miles said that there was like that this is a the dichotomy of our existence as believers and i didn't catch it when he said it but when i was listening to it when I was when I was re-listening to the episode, just that word dichotomy struck me, and I I don't necessarily think that there is a dichotomy, and I may be wrong for this, but to me the word dichotomy illustrates a constant back and forth or vacillation from one end of the spectrum to the other, and for our purposes that's a back and forth between saveness and wokeness, or the vacillation between being wise or being gentle. And I don't think there's ever a point where God wants us to be wise and not gentle or gentle and not wise. But he wants us to be both of those things at all times, just like we should always be saved and woke. It's not saved or woke. You're saved and woke. And I think what's important to remember is, is that in addition to imparting wisdom or imparting grace and gentleness, the Holy Spirit also brings balance. He helps us to to walk that line because contrary to popular belief, there is like there's not even in the Christian walk, there's not black and white. There's a lot of nuance and a lot of sensitivity that goes in to walking according to God's will. One thing I did agree with Miles on was that um his or his uh ap- what he believes are application of that i guess serpent wisdom if you want to call it that comes into play and because he, he said it's so we use that our we use our wisdom and if you oh, i'm i'm moving on from that last point by the way <laughs> we use our our serpent wisdom so to speak when we understand or as we come to understand how the work of the enemy has manifested in the systems and institution of oppression and exploitation that we're constantly talking about and that a lot of us are constantly grappling with in our own lives. And the reason we have to be wise as a serpent is because those systems are usually way, way below the surface they're often presented as good, helpful, and beneficial to everyone, including the people that they're oppressing. Um, and so you have to be woke. You have to be wise in order to see the true colors. 
Um, so that's where the wisdom comes in. And then the, the gentleness or the grace comes in and how we convey this information to our brothers and sisters who may not be aware of such things. They were not as woke as us, you know, and Galatians six and one specifically says, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the spirit should restore that person gently. And I always talk about how the spirit of God, I believe that the spirit of the Holy, that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of wokeness. It's the spirit of truth. It's the spirit of the, it's the spirit that's going to um, lead us into all truth. It's the spirit of knowledge. And so that same spirit we should be walking in that same spirit when we are relating to one another. What we learn, because we know we have a lot of we come into contact on a lot some a lot of times on a daily basis, usually more often than we would like, with people who don't agree, um, and who actually either are who either are just ignorant to um, the works of the enemy in regards to social justice and how we treat one another and how we how we organize society how we organize opportunity and then there's also even people who kind of are a little more aggressive in their support of these systems but we still have to do so graciously and we just have to seek the holy spirit in terms of how firm or how loud we need to to speak up um and then the next point I want to talk about is, oh yeah, so there was a point in that last episode when I was talking about how important it is for me to use this show specifically to express how God loves, and when I got to the point when I say how God loves, and then Miles interjected with everyone, and I said, yeah, God loves everyone, but what I was what I was going to say was I want to use this show to express how much God loves those who are oppressed. And I think it's important that we make distinctions like that because a lot of times when you make blanket statements like God loves everyone, we lose, and which is true, but sometimes we lose some of the, the power inherent in addressing people's or groups' specific circumstances. And I'll use an example from my own life. So last year, last year, my wife's mother... So my mother-in-law, she passed away. She contracted um, breast cancer and declined very quickly. And we lost her last May. And so since then, she and I, along with the rest of our family, have, you know, we've been grieving. Some of us, I guess, maybe further along in that process than others. But hearing someone say, oh, God loves everyone and God cares about everyone. Yeah, it's true. But it's not specific to our circumstance. Whereas scriptures like Psalm 34 and 18, which say the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. That is uplifting. That speaks directly to the situation that I'm in. And even when I'm reading it just now, it just hits me, man. And I'm encouraged. I'm just so grateful. I am more aware of God's specific love, his specific grace for me, for my circumstance, when it's addressed in specific terms. And I, that, that kind of and it kind of relates to how a lot of times we are in society, people want to say, oh, when people want to get upset when you want to sing or well, quote unquote single out a certain group. 
Like when people say, yo, black lives matter. And then someone else gets upset and say, well, all lives matter. Yes, that is true. All lives do matter. But because we're at a point in our country where black people and minorities in general are being targeted, like literally targeted and attacked in ways that they haven't been for a while, and then we need to specifically address and specifically reaffirm their their value. We need to specifically reaffirm um, their, or and I say our, because I'm I'm a person of color, our our status as image bearers of God. And we're not saying that these groups matter more. It's just saying that for this in these particular circumstances, like we need to specifically reaffirm God's value for people who are oppressed and marginalized. Um, and not only does he does God love us in general, he loves you specifically and he has special love and special grace ready for anything that we could ever go through. And I think that's just important important to note that's uh, that's part of maintaining that nuance and how we talk about God and making sure that people who are oppressed and people who are generally cast out know that God specifically loves them wherever they are in their walk with God whether they're whether even they even like God at the moment they need to know that God loves them and that they are accepted in the beloved if they're believers but even if they're not believers they are definitely loved um, that's my notes that I'm flipping over right now but that's it that's all I wanted to say. Thank you all so much for continuing to rock with me in the new season of the podcast and through this transitional season of my life. Um, these first two Save the Woke episodes are kind of more like Save the Woke commercials. But trust me, the next episode will be full length. Um, what's going to happen on this next episode, you ask? Well, I have a conversation with none other than Isaac Adams, the founder and host of the United We Pray podcast. And that's United with a question mark at the end. And this podcast specifically addresses and specifically deals with the racial division in the church and seeks to share the truth of God's heart relating to that matter. I love this podcast. It's one of my favorites. And it's actually the reason why we pray at the end of every regular episode of this show. Although I did forget last time, but I'll make it up by praying on the end of this Afterthoughts edition. Um, but first, I want to make sure that you check out Isaac's podcast, United Question Mark We Pray. And I'm so glad, really, to have been able to connect with them and have just have a connection with another brother in this work. Um, fun fact, our podcast started at about the same time, and we are both in our third seasons. And our first conversation was awesome. And you'll definitely want to, to tune in next week for it. So with that said, let's go to the Father in prayer. Lord God, I just thank you for this podcast. Thank you for the move that you have ignited across the church. It's definitely the Western church. This is this uh, whole saved and woke movement is not an isolated matter. It's not a niche thing that's that only myself and the listeners to this podcast are into. This is something that you have ignited this is a weight um a duty an obligation that you have put on 
the whole entire body of Christ, particularly the, the Western church and the American church, to to work on, to bring light in, and just to, to do your will. Um, I pray the Lord God that we stay in encouraged, that we keep ourselves built up, that we build, that we uplift one another, that we lean into the Holy Spirit to 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 lead us and guide us in this work. Help us to always, always approach social justice and any every every aspect of our lives with the lens with the gospel lens and with the lens of the holy spirit and i we just bind the hands of the enemy we bind everything that the enemy will want to do and is continually doing to try and stop us to try and discourage us to try and defame us as as believers and as workers of the kingdom of God. We just declare that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven through us, your children. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So again, my conversation with Isaac Adams, the host of United We Pray podcast, drops next week. You do not want to miss it. But until then, and as always, keep the faith and stay woke.